And I am Alex Garrett, and a big, big show upcoming right now. CEO of Getida. By the way, am I saying it right, Yoni Mazer? Getida, G-E-T-I-D-A. Yes, sir. You nailed it. Yeah, good job. So let's talk about your company because it is ranked, actually. And you guys are following the trends uh, with inflation, with Amazon. I know that you actually sort of are are a partner with Amazon as the, uh, you know, influencing there. But... I want to first start off with what I first saw you on, which was the fact that consumer prices are continuing to rise amidst this inflation. What has Gatita found for the holiday season? Like, what's going to happen at the, you know, can we get our gifts this year? Yeah, definitely you can get your gift. Um, but if you have expensive uh, taste and uh, or you're unfortunately uh, honing down on buying products that are suffering from inflation, uh, it's going to be challenging. Nevertheless, um, I mean, this is like a pendulum swing. Um, you know, one hit was where, you know, it was very hard to get products and inventory, so prices really cranked up. But now it's uh, the pendulum is swimming, uh, swinging to the other side where uh, many companies and retailers and manufacturers actually have uh, overstock. They overstock on, you know, you know, uh, certain types of products. I know at least computers and, and you know, personal computers. Uh, they're overstocked, and because of that, Q4 and the Christmas season, the shopping season, actually hold a unique opportunity for consumers um, to get uh, bargains because uh, this is really kind of the, the main opportunity for retailers to cash out of their inventory positions. They have inventory gluts. They're overcarrying too much inventory uh, because that inventory actually missed out on, 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 on the, in the past few months or the past year on a few seasons uh, because it came late because of all of the logistical the, you know, disruptions uh, and global supply chain interruptions. So now they're kind of sitting on too much of it. So if you are about to shop for a personal computer, there's a good chance that you're going to get a good bargain. Um, but if you're going to shop for other products that uh, actually they're still missing out or hard to get uh, or their costs have risen, uh, you're gonna, it's going to be more challenging for you on the pocket. It's good to know that there's some window of opportunity here. But I've got to ask, Katita has, has done all this research. What effect is our supply chain having now? Is there still disruptions? I mean, is there anything good coming out of the supply chain that we've not talked about or seen in the last, you know, since pandemic started? Really? Yeah, so uh, the trend is that in the past few months, things really cleared out. So that's kind of the good news uh, and things are moving along. And the bad news is that, you know, this inventory is coming too late for many retailers and many um manufacturers therefore they're stuck with uh, a lot of inventory they got the inventory glut um but there's still you know now and then you still get interruptions here or there but not as aggressive or meaningful as it was really in the past year um so uh they kind of you resolve one issue right the the global su- supply chain is moving a bit smoother but yeah you're kind of experiencing a different totally different issue where finally everybody's sitting on the inventory but there's no demand consumers there's two things here. First of all, so they're overstocked. They really have more than what consumers wanted anyways. In addition to that, uh, consumers wanted less because uh, this summer, for example, after two years of kind of staying home and, 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 and social distancing, a lot of consumers would rather uh, spend their money, uh, you know, traveling, traveling and, you know, getting airplane tickets and hotels are very, very hard. You know, the, the, everything was kind of overbooked. So inflation took a, took a position with travel. As opposed to um, to just buying products and you know consumerism, so uh, they're, they're putting these two together, uh, these forces where um, you know there's too much inventory and consumers' uh, attention are kind of moving away and more into experiencing things and living life again outside. Um, you know, kind of took a toll uh, on, on 
on that industry and, and, and retail. What about the effect of high gas prices? Because obviously everybody's worried about the pain at the pump, as we talk about a lot. So is that having an effect on consumer spending as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, gas and, and energy uh, affect so many levels of uh, supply chain and, and the, the products that we all uh, you know, buy and consume. And it's still uh, volatile. Prices have come down a little bit from the peak, but it's still very volatile because of, uh, I mean, it's, it's a very complex industry, the energy, but the main highlights I would say is definitely the, the issue with uh, the war in Russia and Ukraine. Uh, and also Russia is a kind of a member with OPEC, um, which is the organized uh, producing uh, petroleum uh, uh, you know, countries that you have typically Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, all these oil production companies, uh, countries. Uh, they just decided the past few days to lower the production. In other words, even though there's still a lot of demand for oil and energy, they're going to produce less of it, right? And therefore, prices uh, will come up. That's how they pro- it's like a cartel. That's how they protect uh, you know, their profits. So that is an easy uh, indicator to kind of see where it's affecting the, the prices of, of, of you know, gas and oil. Uh, and that's uh, definitely hurting consumers' pockets at the pump. But uh, just around, anything that else that you, that you buy has to be carried and moved around. It, uh, you know, and, and it, affects its, it affects its price, so prices go up. You're listening to Yoni Mazur. He's the CEO of Getida, G-E-T-I-D-A. And I got to shout you guys out here. You're ranked 215 on a list that has 5,000 5, marketplace auditing companies. How did you get that high up on the Inc. magazine list? And congratulations on that. And I know you want to grow from there for sure. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Just to clarify, so these 5,000 companies are actually all the companies, the private companies in America. So uh, we were ranked 215 fastest growing company in America among many, many amazing other uh, 5,000, you know, 4,999 companies. Uh, how do we do it? Uh, to be honest, I I'm, I'm not, I couldn't really tell you. All I can tell you is that we, uh, you know, we put our heads down. We we every day we do a little bit more. We work hard. Uh, we try to stay helpful, and and thank God we were able to uh, kind of looking back. Um, because I think typically they look back the past two, three years on your, your growth uh, and, and the growth of the company in terms of uh, employees and revenue. So all of a sudden we, we apply for this, um, for this Inc. 5000, uh, uh, I guess, uh, I don't want to call it a ranking uh, program or something. And surprisingly, yeah, we, we uh, scored pretty, pretty high up there. And so it was a, a real honor and uh, you know, a proud moment for the company. All right, you're you're the man on the on the front of it. You're the CEO. You're you're on the mic. You're doing all the PR. But a company like that, you have to have some great employees doing all this research. So tell us what goes into the research um, for people to know the consumer situation for us heading into any quarter. I guess I'd ask. Yeah, so we're blessed with very very you know amazing people that are uh, are committed to what we do, and uh, we have a team of over 130 people in six countries. Um, <clears throat> I think the the core value is just to be helpful. And if you kind of do something, try to do it right. Uh, and, and, and the people that we have, uh, you know, a good, a, a good chunk of them uh, focus on the technology end. So we're able to really aggregate a lot of data and process and analyze that data and come to all these conclusions uh, in, in order to make, um, you know, uh, financial decisions uh, or, or strategic decisions or business decisions. So, um, you know, it's um, uh, good people that try to good, do good things. Eventually, they create, uh, you know, a good environment. And then uh, and the organization really uh, is blessed with that. Now, have you guys gone public on the market yet or not yet? Um, <laughs> it's funny. I just saw the show with, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he's a famous uh, you know, Hollywood actor and producer. 
he does have a show on HBO. I think it's called uh, Wall Street, like Wahlburger, but he's, he, instead of a W A L L, you spell it like W A H L, like his last name, uh, Wahlberg. So over there, you actually see how his journey, how one of the companies that he owns, I think it's called F45. It's like a gym or something like that. It's like an exercising, um, you know, company. So he just made an IPO, uh, and it became public. Uh, so it was, uh, I just started last night, literally, and it was interesting to see the journey. Um, I think uh, it's always in the cards, but uh, the thing is that it creates, uh, um, it, as far as I said, even in the show, it creates uh, a, a reality where, of course, you got to produce and then create that value as a company, but you also you got to produce and create a value as a stock. And that really can chip away from the attention of the core things that you do sometimes. So this one, I think we're still going to, you know, uh, put our heads down, stay private and focus on, on really being helpful. If the dimensions in the next, you know, few years grow to such a degree where we can bring a lot of value to stockholders uh, worldwide, then, then we, of course, we can uh, consider going public. Does your research also tell, you know, your clients, hey, here's how the market's going. Here's how we advise you invest. Does that, does it get, do you get involved with that at all? Now, that, that's where you kind of cross into the world of, of uh, you know, financial advising investments. Uh, we, we don't uh, play in those realms. We mostly play in the realms of, you know, help, helping, um, you know, e- e-commerce uh, and, re- you know, retailers, the companies that sell products online uh, with making their strategic decisions and reconciling transactions so they can really focus on their profit and profit margins. You know, what happens is many businesses and entrepreneurs are really focused on growing the business and generating revenue, revenue, and revenue, right, top line. I want to be a million-dollar business, a $10 million business, a $100 million business, but they kind of neglect focusing on the bottom line because you can, you can do $100 million in revenue, but if you're losing money, you created nothing. You created really no value. Or you created just a big machine that generates all these transactions, but it's not effective. So really um, our mission with the businesses that we help uh, is to really focus on, on the bottom line and making, making profit. Uh, and, and the more you focus there, you typically you get better results and uh, you are a sustainable business for, for many years to come. All right, we're talking about e-commerce now. Let's talk about Cyber Monday. I honestly feel like every day is Cyber Monday because people just continue to buy things online. And are you seeing that? And also, uh, is there any behavioral differences from in-person and online now that the pandemic's kind of getting past us here? Meaning, I know online there was a lot during the pandemic. Now, are you seeing more in-person than online or an even mix now? The pandemic, you know, kind of uh, shifted the, the e-commerce industry uh, into the future. I think over, you know, five, ten years into the future, and in, in terms of people uh, adapting and using it. Imagine when you're stuck at home during the pandemic, and you're 50, 60, 70 years old, and you you can't really buy anything in the store. That created a reality where you had to shop online. You had to, you know, use e-commerce or Amazon, for example, to survive, to get food, to get products, to get whatever you need. So that was the height of the pandemic. So a lot of people adopted, and it was really a good, a good momentum for e-commerce, and it propelled it into the future. But now, once again, as people come back to reality and things are open up, they want to experience that, you know, the physical interaction. You want, they want to go to the mall, see all these things you can see them all, maybe grab a good meal, and then pick up something in, you know, the clothing store and try it on. So there's still definitely a, um, a lot of room and 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 uh, a need for in-person and and. In physical stores and now it's kind of the the balancing act where you know all these people who, who stayed away and shied away because of the, the the pandemic are visiting the malls and going out again so uh, the momentum is there they're picking ba- you know they're picking it back up it's not like they're uh, doing amazing they're just kind of you know picking up the slack that they were suffering there because they stayed behind for the past few years so it's a balancing act so 
e-commerce is cooling down. They see, you know, the gr- it's still growing, but it's not growing as aggressively and as fast as it was, you know, growing in the past two years. So in the past years, if it was growing 30, 40% annually, this year it's much more modest. They're, uh, they're growing 5 or 8%. So the growth has slowed down because, you know, uh, consumers have shifted back into, uh, you know, in-person uh, physical stores. So um, all in all, I mean, retail is still good. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's the balancing of where you, where you get it, the distribution and where you pick it up. Instead of picking up, uh, you know, your doorstep, people just want to, I guess, you know, drive their car, go out and, uh, you know, put in their trunk. And New York City seeing a nice little boom in, in tourism again, which is so healthy. All right. I, I see that you started Gatita, but not before you made $20 million in the fulfillment by Amazon program. Was that yours? Did you start that? Talk about your connections with Amazon, because I know... You're talking about Amazon influencing on other podcasts as well. Right. So uh, here's the kind of the story in a nutshell. So Gatita uh, was born from our activities as uh, e-commerce, uh, you know, sellers in business as a business. So about 10 years ago, I started selling products online. And back in the day, eBay was the main arena. It was the main platform, uh, you know, to sell online. So that's what we kind of started humbly. And then around 2013, we started selling products on Amazon. And then the business grew very, very quickly from zero to 20 million in annual revenue. And because we adapted and used Amazon's fulfillment uh, program, which is called FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon, which means that instead of us having a huge, huge warehouse with all these hundreds or, or, or thousands of employees, you know, working in the warehouse, instead of that, we can just ship our products to Amazon's fulfillment centers. And then Amazon can do all the fulfillment as the orders come in. So when the orders come in from the consumers, Amazon picks the product from the, the bin, <clears throat> they package it and put it in a box, and they ship it out. And they're a huge, huge organization. They have you know, hundreds of uh, these facilities uh, around the world. So it creates a reality where logistically you can use Amazon's ProS and uh, really uh, you know, uh, focus on sourcing products and, and selling them on the market, where Amazon does all the fulfillment on a huge scale. So you can really uh, uh, create a reality where you do a lot of volume and you generate a, a big uh, kind of a business. So yeah, so the business grew very quick, uh, quickly from zero to 20 million. And then we became a part of a larger group. And as a group, we're doing about 100 million in revenue. Um, and then uh, Gatita, what I would do today was born from that, that activity because we had so much data to analyze. Um, so we just focused on analyzing it and created good results for us. And then we opened that up for other businesses. So uh, eventually, we just uh, cashed out of our uh, retail position, and today we're just focusing on helping you know e-commerce businesses. So, with all the data you collected, all the analysis, what are the trends on Amazon? Did, did the trends change from ten years ago to now, or still sort of the same? Kind of like, all right, here are the best tips to make your best living on Amazon if you are selling products. Yeah. So Amazon has, uh, you know. It's, it's a constant moving animal. It's constantly moving and, and, and developing and advancing. And every day that goes by, the industry becomes more and more professional. Uh, that's kind of the good news. So you can really become a professional and make a good living working for these common companies or even doing your own business alone. But that means you're going to have to be a professional. I mean, uh, many people started uh, selling on Amazon, you know, as a side hustle, extra income, stuff like that. And you can still kind of do that, but it's just going to be more advanced. So if you're if you are you know ready to learn and you have an open mind and you're pretty okay and good and comfortable with platforms, um, and and platforms that constantly change and and update their their policies and 
add all these tools and features, uh, it's going to be a comfortable environment for you to be able to hone on your skills and, and grow and create a real business. But uh, if something, you know, if this is too fast for you, you'd rather do, I don't know, something a bit more steady, then maybe you kind of, you know, you should do real estate. You know, things are much more conservative for the past, you know, you know, dozens of years. So uh, it's, it's really fast moving, uh, great potential, great opportunity, but you have to be very dynamic. Uh, what do you say? We got Prime, we got the Amazon Music, we got a bunch of different things that are more than just, you know, the buying and selling of clothes, if you will. So now all the James Bond movies, uh, Amazon is producing that, right? Because they bought the MGM Studios. And I think one of the decision over there, uh, uh, you know, uh, a big part of the decision to buy MGM, I think, is the ability to sell merchandise. Because if you have all this James, for example, James Bond merchandise, you sell it on Amazon, it makes perfect sense. So if you can control the culture, you can control the merchandising. And they have that platform. So they own uh, MGM and they own Whole Foods, right? When you go to Whole Foods in-person stores, and they have uh, AWS, which is the cloud system, uh, which half of the internet runs on uh, their cloud system. For example, Netflix runs on Amazon. I don't know if you know that, but every time you watch Netflix, in the back end, all these uh, computers that help you know, stream all, this, all these videos are running on Amazon. So it's a huge mammoth of a business that's involved with many, many things in the back end. Uh, but yeah, that's your point. And to those that sort of see what's going on behind the scenes of Amazon and may be reluctant, uh, A... Uh, what do you think of the unionization? Uh, are you able to talk about that? A, 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 you know, process that some stores want to go through, like here on Staten Island, and do you support that? And also, um, what are your thoughts on the downsides of, of what Amazon work workers are talking about? So yeah, to to be honest, uh, I'm not that intimate with the experience. Uh, I never kind of worked at Amazon's fulfillment center, so I couldn't really tell you, for better or worse, um, what's the reality in, in, on, on the ground. I can talk high level in general about, uh, you know, <clears throat> unions in America, right? So, and especially unions and technology company. I mean, it's a little confusing with Amazon because on the one hand, they're a technology company and their margins, uh, the profits that they make are amazing. It's just like Google or Facebook, right? And on the other hand, they're also a, a logistics company. And in logistics, the margins, uh, the profit margins are razor thin. So you have to be very, very lean and agile. So they're kind of conflicted because we're talking about, you know, when we talk about Amazon and the fulfillment centers, we're talking about one track of business that they have. And, and with that track of business, they have to kind of stay, stay traditional, right, and, and, and manage it uh, in a very, very specific way as opposed to the technology side of things where the employees there typically get really good, you know, um, um, terms, you know, uh, working terms and conditions, right? They have nice offices, they have uh, good salaries and things of that nature. But so they're kind of a hybrid between between all these worlds. So in general, in America, you see the companies uh, uh, over the years, uh, there's less and less unions popping up. And the reason is because I think is that the, the companies understand that the, there's a lot of value uh, and, and strength with their team and employees. And because of that, you have to treat them, you know, above and beyond. You kind of try to create a, you know, an environment that is just good for them, uh, regardless if they have a union or not. Right, because you want to keep them and retain them for many, many years to come. So I think a lot of companies, you know, adapted into that. So you'll see that the big brand companies, Apple, um, Microsoft, even Amazon to, to a certain degree, uh, Google, of course, all these companies are. It's a, it's like a badge of honor when you say I work for them. It's a badge of honor, and this is regardless, you know, regardless of union. None of them have unions. So uh, because you know, big corporations over the years, you know, acknowledge the value, they want to take care of them. 
So Amazon, definitely, there's a whole uh, set of Amazon where employees are happy. They get really good conditions. But here we're talking about the tracks where the fulfillment centers where I couldn't really tell you the, the real environment because, uh, you know, uh, I never had the fortune of uh, being able to, to, to work there and be positioned there. I know there's a challenge, there's a struggle. I'm sure they're going to work it out. If they, if they all become unionized, that's, that's what it's going to be. If a few uh, warehouses become unionized because they need really better conditions because there was failures over there, that might be the case. Um, you know, Tom will tell. Now, but when Bezos stepped down, did you think, you know, Amazon was, was uh, what direction were you thinking Amazon was going? I mean, it wasn't the end of Amazon when he stepped down, right? Yeah, definitely at the end. Um, no, he has a very good team. Uh, Andy Jassy is now running the show. He's the CEO. Uh, Jeff Bezos is still around. He's the president, um, but he's more focused on other things that he's more interested in at the, the moment, which I think uh, space exploration is uh, one of them. But no, the current CEO, Andy Jassy, uh, he he's really grew from the bottom up. Uh, and then he was also in charge of Amazon Web Services, AWS, which is pretty much the 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 cash cow of Amazon. All these years, AWS, you know, the cloud computing that they sell to the world is very, very lucrative and very profitable. Um, so he came from that domain. So I guess he can really focus on staying technological, staying innovative and uh, keeping a good eye on, on making good margin um, and just leading the organization. So <clears throat> much like how Bill Gates uh, stepped down from running Microsoft and, you know, his uh, successors uh, did a good job and Microsoft is still, uh, you know, a really strong company in the world of technology, even though Bill Gates is out of the game for almost, uh, I would say even maybe two decades. So, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, what is it, maybe late 50s, maybe early 60s? <clears throat> it's, like, it's still going to be around in the next 10, 20 years, but I think he definitely uh, left it in good hands right now, and he has a whole uh, bench of great talents over there. And, and think about it. Amazon can really either grow from the bottom up with great people, but they can also really hire the best people in the world to keep managing it because it's just uh, you know, it's, it's a global uh, powerhouse. I don't know. Have you been able to work with the powerhouse, you know, the powers that be while you were starting Gatita, while you were doing all this with Amazon? Did you get to know the higher-ups, uh, Bezos even? <laughs> no, I never got the, the, the that high up. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're very, very humble. So when we were selling on Amazon, Amazon uh, was really good at having uh, what they call account reps. Uh, and <clears throat> these are just, you know, kind of um, uh, representatives from Amazon that uh, uh, kind of connect with you and help you to navigate through the platform and the marketplace and uh, position yourself in a good way. So if there's special days coming around and you want to make special deals and offers, and really hone in on the, the focus on consumers, what's really good for the Amazon shoppers and consumers, uh, and all these alignments that are needed. So they have all these representatives who are really good at that. So, uh, uh, yeah, back in the day, we, we used to be able to kind of fly over to Seattle and meet with them in you know, Amazon's um, offices, so that was really nice. So that, that was uh, during the, the days of selling on Amazon. But today that we're you know, helping Amazon sellers, and assisting the platforms, uh, you know, we have a similar relationship just on focusing on the seller's side because if the sellers are doing well and they're able to offer, pro you know, a lot of, uh, you know, big variety of products to consumers for really good competitive prices, um, so that, that's good for the platform, it's good for the consumers, um, so, and, and it's good for business. So that's where our focus is today. So we work with these Amazon representatives who focus on the selling side of things and helping third-party sellers. So yeah, we are able. Actually, we just visited Seattle uh, <clears throat> just a few weeks ago. Amazon did a big uh, convention and show, 
for third-party sellers. So they invited us. So, you know, it was a proud moment. So we're able to kind of, kind of be one of the sponsors and promoters of the show, and also go visit them at the offices. But uh, it was never that high up uh, till you know all the way to Jeff Bezos or uh, Andy Jassy. Uh, yeah, these guys play on a you know global Wall Street uh, world. Uh, maybe one day we'll be able to, to kind of meet them and I guess uh, ask them all these questions that we have. Thank them for all the opportunity. Um, you know, have a you know, have a good drink. You know, we're talking about big box store at the moment, but I want to know about on the ground. You know, your local neighborhood. Does Gatita help out the small businesses as well? Yeah, definitely. So we can only help you know small businesses uh, only if they kind of make the decision to <clears throat> place this stuff online, selling you know online. Not to say you gotta totally shift. We, we're not saying if you're selling in, in a physical store, a small business, you have to close it down and then go online. We're saying you should probably you know uh, join and also offer your products online, so you can really reach consumers everywhere in the world. And of course, if you choose to do that on Amazon. Um, it will definitely be going to be able to assist you and be on your side. Uh, Amazon actually has developed a program called uh, uh, B, uh, P, uh, B, uh, BWP, so it's Buy with Prime. So if uh, you know Amazon Prime members are able to really go to other websites. So let's say you have a store in your local town <clears throat> and you, uh, start, you open your own website to offer these products. You can, uh, you can basically... Um, partner with Amazon and have uh, a badge, you know, like the Amazon Prime badge on your website where consumers will see your product and want to shop uh, and buy it. Uh, Amazon will actually fulfill it. Amazon will, you know, will collect the payment from your Amazon Prime account, right? And then it will actually ship you the product. So it's an interesting partnership they announced, you know, just a very short few weeks ago. Only once you're already online and you're selling on Amazon, that's when we kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know these uh, businesses come to us and, and we help them. We don't really go on the street and kind of recruit and, and, and uh, have people just on the street like that um, uh, assist them or advise them in, in any capacity. The, the, big guy, the big guys think about the small business anyway from what you're telling me. Most of the world and most of the economy is still small businesses, believe it or not. You know, even though they have these huge, huge companies, it's nice and everything, uh, but they really <clears throat> uh, mask and disguise the, the reality where the backbone of everything is really – millions and millions of people or small businesses just working every day, you know, trying to make a little bit of progress and, and you know, source a product, offer a product, you know, improve a product, discount a product. All these things are mainly done by small businesses. Even on Amazon, for example, I would say that uh, over 60% of all the revenue, all the sales and all the products offered on the platform are offered not by Amazon. They're offered by third-party businesses. Just And, you know, it could be people like you and me that say, hey, I want to, create a new type of shoe and just boom, it's just offered on Amazon or I want to create this uh, cool, uh, you know, card game and boom, you offer it on Amazon. So behind the scene, more than 60% of all the stuff that you see on Amazon, it's all these small businesses and entrepreneurs and innovators that say, Hey, I have uh, this, uh, you know, an idea for a product or I can get a product at a really good price and I, I want to offer it to the market. And that's really the reality of it. So, um, it's, it's, you know, big businesses that are thinking about small businesses, but definitely small businesses and millions of them thinking about how they can do good business or big business on big platforms like Amazon. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's a marriage made in heaven, so to speak. All right. Uh, I just subscribed to your newsletter at gatita.com. So I know what to talk about as well. Next time I have you on, I want to ask you the million dollar question then, because what is the distinction of Gatita? consumer reports compared to others so yeah we we live in, in the niche we're not <clears throat> to be honest we're not broad we we're not a household name we live in a niche within a niche within a niche so here i'll do the breakdown of the niches 
So in the world of retail, <clears throat> e-commerce is a niche. So we live in that world. And inside e-commerce, you have Amazon. We live in that world. And even inside Amazon, you have a world of called Fulfilled by Amazon that we live in that world. So we kind of cater to a niche within a niche within a niche. Um, and that's the strength and weakness. You know, uh, the strength is if you really want to hone down and understand that niche, uh, you know, our, 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 um, our analysis is pretty sharp and pretty good. Uh, if you want to go a bit broader than that, uh, you know, that little, you know, that niche uh, can reflect on the whole uh, general market and it might fit right into the lines of it. It can be a good barometer or sometimes <clears throat> it might have these uh, missing elements that are needed to really understand the broad market, especially international markets. So, uh, you know, for better or worse, that's where we're positioned. So the fact that we're uh, uh, in a certain place, uh, it makes us uh, interesting and unique uh, and different. Uh, on the other hand, it could be also, uh, um, you know, uh, not as complete, the, 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 the vision. Therefore, I during, you know, I constantly encourage people to stay alert, stay educated, you know, uh, keep learning and listening to shows like this, for example, so you get a good blend of what's going on, on you know, on the market. I do have a few affiliate programs, affiliate links. Uh, is that any different than, than the Amazon? I mean, is it, are these affiliate programs effective? I feel like they could be, but you got to sell it. Uh, sell these companies a little more online, right, than, than maybe we're used to. No, so they're just as any other affiliate links of any, any kind that you know of. <clears throat> they do hold a lot of potential for Amazon. Uh, if you, so let me break it down. You have two, two tracks. One track, uh, I'll keep it simple. It's the Amazon Influencer Program. It's a, pro, it's a special program that you have to apply to join and you have to have a lot of followers or a good amount of followers uh, or uh, 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 um, a good quality amount of followers. But that is not what I'm talking about. I don't want to focus on that. It's, hard, it's a pretty new program. It's hard to get in, but they have that within Amazon. The second one is called Amazon Associates or Amazon Affiliates where anybody can really join. And what's really cool about it is that you can find all these products on Amazon and just, uh, 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 you know, you can drive traffic from anywhere on the internet, from your social media accounts, from your blog articles, from your podcast, uh, into these Amazon products and with these links and, you know, consumers shop for them and buy them, you get a commission. And this is really how Amazon was able to really position itself really well uh, in e-commerce in the past 20 years because of this program. A lot of people made a lot of money and a good living with the, the Amazon affiliate program throughout the years, and it's still there, it's still available. And you just have to have a good uh, quality traffic. Uh, and the products are really there within Amazon. Amazon is a trusted name. People shop on Amazon all the time, and they trust the platform. Unlike, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't the case. So Amazon really needed the help of all these affiliates. Today, they don't need it, they don't need it as much because everybody knows Amazon. But why not? If you have a good amount of followers and they trust you and you have these great products on Amazon, you can drive them, these, these people who follow you into buying those products. And uh, you know you'll get a, an affiliate commission. You'll you'll make a good living, and it's still out there. It's, huh. it's a good opportunity, and you just have to be a you know in a good position for that. All right. And to those that might say, well, you're a sellout if you go to Amazon and the big box store. What 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 do you say to that? Well, at the end of the day, it's just like the horse and carriage. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, sorry, the the horse, the carriage, and the car industry, right? So. Today, you got everybody driving cars. You have a few people still using horses and, and, and driving horses, even a horse and a carriage. And, and before cars, it was the main, main industry. Uh, so it, and why did this happen? This transition happened because at the end of the day, it was just more efficient. It was, just much, it was more beneficial for consumers. It made it life easier. <clears throat> and it's much easier to get around with the car with the air conditioner than having a horse. So same thing with, you know, with shopping. You know, it's much easier to click a few buttons and get a really good product at a really good price at your doorstep 
instead of really, you know, taking your car and driving to all these malls or stores and, and, and dragging your feet and comparing with, between this store and that store, it's, it's a lot of time. It's not really efficient. So at the end of the day, uh, it's all about, you know, making consumers have a, a better opportunity to shop and, and get better value for their time and money. So for the people who, you know, they value their time and their money, uh, it's, it's a great solution for the, the people who still like to go out and use your time to, to experience shopping. That's fine. There's still, you know, the, the whole infrastructure, uh, but it's good to have the better options for you. So whatever you choose to, you know, it's better to have choices. And it seems like Amazon has made the, the choice very, very good for so many consumers out there. So the success has been phenomenal. Uh, I don't think it's a seller. It's just about, you know, options. And if, you know, the more the merrier. Yoni Mazer, I am so glad that we had this conversation. Do come back and uh, and and keep us posted on what you're seeing as we head literally into November. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much, Alex. All the best to everybody. Happy holidays. And by the way, you can find Gatita at Gatita365 on Twitter. And uh, Yoni is on LinkedIn. I saw that. Uh, any social media elsewhere for you, Yoni? Uh, pretty much, uh, <clears throat> the, you know, the, the, the holy grail is uh, three things for me. It's uh, Facebook, Instagram and uh linkedin uh, i live kind of more in the business world uh but uh not on tiktok yet I'll, I'll try to figure it out we'll see one day all right sir well thanks for joining us and uh we will see you soon we'll talk to you soon all right that was yoni major the ceo of gatita g-e-t-i-d-a we are always adapt